Welcome to Sky Team's The Corporate Bartender, where we gather some of the best HR and people leaders to discuss what's happening on the people side of business. From employee performance and engagement to dealing with the rapid-fire changes that the new normal presents every day, this irreverent bunch brings a fresh twist and a dash of human to human resources. If you work in HR or make people decisions in your organization, this is the place to be. We won't card you, and we serve everyone. Join the bartenders, Eric and Lori, as they interview some of today's most innovative thinkers, share tips, tricks, and tools, while enjoying some good old-fashioned community and, as always, laughing a lot. Now pull up a stool, belly up to the bar, and join us for The Corporate Bartender. Exactly. All right, well, today's, today's question to sort of set us up for, for Lori's topic today, um, and you guys can just chat these in, or you can come off mute and say them. I'm just curious as to what are your biggest gripes, complaints uh, with virtual meetings? We've, we've, we've had enough reps at doing this now that there are things that we like and things that we don't like. What do you guys hate about virtual meetings? Laura says, tech issues like I'm having now. I'm upside down when I turn my camera on. Yeah. <laughs> and Lauren will make fun of you. She'll screenshot that shit, and, and it'll be up on the bartender network without even thinking about it. <laughs> Ruby says, when people don't keep themselves muted. Oh, she had loud barking dogs today. Yep, Pat's seconding that. When, when people just have random, when people have random sort of virtual meeting tools like yeah you know, that you don't have, you have to quickly download them. Oh, it's oh. Not Zoom or WebEx or I'm using a Google platform. Somebody threw that one at me the other day, and I know you're sort of a Google guy, Spence. So I was like, what is this? Right? Yeah. Or you get even those weirder, like way out the beaten path apps. Like anybody ever done a Blue Jeans meeting? I did one of those the other day. I was like, what is this? Is this your uncle's video conferencing company? Is that what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> what else? We have uh, my boss, for whatever reason, he gets so much feedback. And it makes oh, on his mic? And you can hear his voice like four times. Uh, oh. That drives me insane. And he can't figure out, like, it's him. Like, uh, it, nobody else has <laughs> <laughs> It's it drives us all crazy. It takes him like five minutes to figure it out, and by the time he does, we're all like, "Oh, uh, yeah." <laughs> Do you want me to call him for you, Jenny? <laughs> yeah. We might have to talk about that in our management training, like how not to be crazy. And, and <laughs> we, we can we can put that into his ongoing coaching program. There you go. <laughs> he will roll his eyes at me. Serious. <laughs> uh, Ruby says WebEx. So nineteen ninety four. <laughs> you guys done a webex no. who's done a, a like legit webex? yeah man like the lime green buttons and i'm like wow <laughs> have you guys done nothing to update that program it seems like every it's, it's a cisco product. provider or like insurance company uses it. it and then they can't use zoom so it's like well i have something better and it's like no you gotta use this archaic system it's like, okay they're cool. like we're paying ten thousand dollars a month for this leo <laughs> yeah. Yeah. awesome but you know I, I think you know there are upsides and downsides of doing virtual meetings um and we've all you know we've all been there we've all had good experiences and bad experiences and we've all experienced that you know once you've done two or three of them in a row I don't know about you, but I just feel exhausted. We did a we did a one hour session today that Morag led, and at the end she was like, 
I am tired. And it was just one hour and it was content that we've done for years. And it was content that she literally wrote the book on <laughs> and, and was tired. I had so, done one before you came though, Eric. So it was the second hour for the second oh, that's true. fake perky. Fake perky. Do you feel like you have to be on in a different way when you're oh, presenting? Yeah. yeah, and this was through WebEx. So of course there was no real back and forth. So you're emoting energy and enthusiasm and and of course and, getting anything back other than through your own effort. So I think that's part of it. It's that double whammy of you have to give even more because live, as Deborah will know, you can mm -hmm. connect with an audience and you can riff off them and they're giving you energy back and then you're bouncing it back to them. And it's, it's like a ball, but through mm -hmm. the mirror that is Zoom or a WebEx as it was this morning, it's one way. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah Laura says it's easier for those that monopolize to keep the floor and harder for the quieter folks to speak up requires yeah. intentional facilitation. Yeah, that was one of the lessons that we learned early on, especially doing this sort of one-to-many dynamic um, where you have to, just like you do in, in live delivery, you have to create experiences for different learning styles and you got to do that in the virtual space too, whether that's you know allowing some people to type, some people to talk, putting people in breakout rooms, doing uh, experiential activities that use other connected technology, you know, it's, 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 it's more plate spinning for the facilitator, for sure. Pat says, I, I do a WebEx with AT&T and no one gets on video. Yes, oh. there, there's that whole cultural dynamic. And, and it's funny because I think that's, we've seen that shift over the last three months for sure. But um, there are some cultures um, that in their company, it's just not what they do. And like we did a, a series of, of uh, tiny habit sessions for a client um, based internationally and they were like that. And so we did uh, like 10 sessions with them and we had to, we had to sort of prime the pump over time. We had to actually bake in the activities where we would say, you know, I would, I would tee it up and then Morag or Ruby would, would actually go through and chat with people back channel to say, hey, uh, are you willing to do this? Eric's going to call on you and we want you to be on cam to do it. And it was just a whole nother level of effort just to get people to cam up. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the things that, that we've been doing lately is for uh, individual reflection exercises, um, we ask people to cam down. So we tell them, go ahead and cam down and then cam back up when you're done so we know that you're done. And it was interesting, the first couple of times we did that, Ruby got a comment from somebody that was, he said, that was the best break I've ever had in a virtual <laughs> meeting, which I thought was pretty cool. So we've been using that pretty heavy just to give people an opportunity to get off cam once we've established the dynamic that pretty much every, everybody gets on. I would say with our clients right now, it's probably 85, 90% people will be on cam, uh, depending on the platform, like in Zoom, where you have this view where I can see everybody, it's different than like on WebEx where you can only see, what is it, five at a time, six at a time? Yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, on that note, I'm going to stop my share here and I'm going to flip it over to Lori and let her take you through some effective meeting management content that looks to be a pretty fun ride. Are you ready to rock and roll, Lori? I am ready to do it. All right. Let me just get myself... Uh rolling here. Can y'all see that? Okay. Uh -huh. Okay. 
So um, what I wanted to, to chat about, right, effective meeting management, it sounds super thrilling, I know. It's going to be good, I promise. Um, <laughs> but in, in this vein of what we've been talking about just, just at the beginning of this call, what I'm hoping is that through going through some of these concepts, this is highly customizable information. And so you can, you can think about what kind of meetings do you um, organize and, and facilitate and how can you use these tools in different kinds of settings? Um, how can we use them, right? Old, old school, it used to be live for the most part. Now, most of the time it's virtual. So hopefully at some point we'll go back to a blend. But, um, you know, the first, the first thing I would ask is, um, how many of you, show of hands, wish you could attend more meetings? Any, anybody craving more meetings, please give me, no, not so much. Um, and, and I don't know about you, but I feel like in this work from home setting, I feel like I'm in a lot more meetings than I've ever been in before. And so all the more reason to learn how can we make little changes and, and do different things in order to make things more efficient, more effective, um, and see if we can actually minimize the amount of time that we're, that we're doing these meetings. And so that's what I hope you'll, you'll take away is some, some tools on that so that at least in the ones you're organizing, you can be very effective and, and very efficient um, and then maybe set the example for others, right? If you get the reputation of running the awesome meetings, uh, maybe others will be influenced by that and be able to uh, apply some of these, these tips as well. Or maybe you get roped into running more meetings. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. So facilitation, right? The, the root of that word is to feel, and that's um, to make things easy, right? So that's, one of the things we need to think about when we're organizing and facilitating a meeting, our role is to make it easy to accomplish what needs to get accomplished. And um, somebody mentioned something about sometimes meetings get hijacked by the people who talk a lot, and then it's hard to get the other people to speak up. And, and that's really one of the roles of the facilitator, right, is to, to be monitoring that because the facilitator's obligation is to the group, not the individual. And so through some of these techniques, you'll, you'll learn how to make that easier on yourself and the group to minimize those kinds of impacts. And really good facilitation requires two things, right? Preparation and process. And so I'm going to give you a framework that handles both of those things. And it, it works every time, okay? So get a grip, that's the subtitle of this, this little training here, right? Effective meeting management, get a grip. What does GRIP stand for? It is goals, roles, interpersonal norms, and process. So we're gonna go through each one of those and, and pull them apart a little bit. So, so goals, how many of you have been invited to a meeting and you have no idea what the point of that meeting is, right? You might get a clue by the cryptic title of the meeting, but you, you don't really know what the purpose of it is. Why are we getting together? And so that's kind of a table stakes thing. If you're organizing a meeting, calling people together, define the goals of the meeting, make it clear to everybody, this is what's in scope. Anything outside of that is not why we're meeting, 
And so that is one of those things that helps you as a facilitator keep the group on track is you can keep referring back to um, the goals right here. This is why we're here. And when people know those things ahead of time, they're already in the mindset to be on topic, right? So this establishing the goals helps us pull in the same direction before we even get together. And this is true for um, one-off meetings, right? Just unique meetings. I need to get a group of people together that normally don't meet. I can define what the goals are so everybody's clear. This also works for recurring meetings. So if you have team meetings, if you are in a working group of, of people, but it is a recurring thing, you can still define the goals. Sometimes the goals might be the same, so be overt about that, right? Other times the goals might change meeting to meeting, so redefine them each time. So this works in, in either of those settings. Um, next comes roles. And what's great about this is when people know who's gonna be in the room and what their responsibilities are, Again, it's preparation. They know how to come into that and be a participant. And this is especially helpful for those of us who may um, have a stronger preference towards introversion uh, as opposed to extroversion, because if I know ahead of time what my responsibility is in this meeting and what's gonna be happening here, then I can be thoughtful and prepared for that versus springing something on me and asking me to, in the moment, say something that's not an introvert's favorite deal right mm -hmm. so this is especially helpful for for people who prefer introversion so that they can be thoughtful and, and prepared um so what kind of roles might there be that we would want to define right we want we want to know who's the facilitator we want to know is there a decision maker right is there somebody who is an ultimate decision maker or is this the group that's making a decision um, is there somebody that's going to be taking notes and distributing those afterwards? Is there a subject matter expert who's going to be sharing information or, or presenting information? Um, as a participant, is there something that I need to read ahead of time in order to be prepared to have a discussion? So those are all the things that can be defined in the roles. And Speaking of decision-making, that's also a really helpful thing. If, if one of the goals of the meeting is to come to a decision about something, let the group know, how are we going to reach a decision? Is it going to be by majority, right? Majority vote? Is it going to be by consensus where we're all on board and can live with it? Is it going to be unanimity? Everybody's 100% thumbs up. Is it just one person who's making a decision and the purpose of the meeting is to gather input to inform that decision? That helps people, again, understand what's my level of responsibility around this, if that's one of the goals. I, so, like, the I like the loudest guy decision-making. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> the one that repeats themselves the most. Yeah, yeah. They <laughs> Fine, Bill, we'll go with yours. <laughs> Right. So roles, super important um, for people to, to come prepared and, and be engaged in what's going on. Um, the next is interpersonal norms, right? So this is how the group's going to work together. And this is also how we can address some of those elephants in the room. So when we think about norms, norms exist in any group, whether we're intentional about them or not. Right? Fair to say? There's a, a way of operating that, that exists and it's either intentional or it's just the way it works. So 
we started to talk about these things in that opening question about what are what are some of the irritants around Zoom meetings in particular, or just meetings in general. So shout out to me, what are what are some of the unspoken norms around meetings where you work? That one person whose vote always carries 10 times more than everybody else because of their position in the company. Yeah, and, and people tend to wait for that person to vote before they vote, Laurel. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Yep, okay, what else? We'll have meetings that, like we'll have Jeff, or, or president in and he's not in charge of the meeting or is it he's just in on it and people will wait for him to start it and he's like not he's just there's listening you know like trying to learn something about whatever we're working on and they wait for him to lead it and it's not his to lead and it drives right. him yeah he's like yeah. not my meeting folks i'm, right, I'm just, just here right, right. Yep. yeah 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 what other things are common sadly that most meetings start late and the later in the day it gets, the later they are, because <laughs> everybody's running behind. Right. Relative by the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I would also add on that, uh, meetings never end on time. So yes. being people not necessarily respectful of other time, other people's times. Another thing I would say relative to interpersonal, and it, you know, it's always good, the, the, the chit-chat or some of the personal things or what's going on, but sometimes you find that, you know, you're 20 minutes in the meeting and you're like right. you're sitting there saying, are we going to get to that actually topic here or what we're actually here to talk about? Right. right. Yep. The, the side conversations, the, um, the, the not having an agenda, let alone following mm -hmm. an agenda. Um, the, the one that stands out for me that I have become very overt about when I'm able to is the multitasking during the mm. meeting. Right. And you mean executives, you mean executives show up to meetings, especially virtual ones, and they turn their cameras off and they do email the whole time or yeah, they leave what? their cameras on and they try to look engaged as they're typing <laughs> or they really don't look at they this look, screen over here. <laughs> or they, they don't. They look like this. <laughs> what? Really? Just don't hit send when it's going to people who are in the meeting. <laughs> right. <laughs> Exactly. So, I feel like there's a double standard too around multitasking. Like some people are allowed to do it and some aren't. Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of ticks me off. <laughs> right, right, right. So, so the point being is there are a lot of norms that are not contributing to effective and efficient meetings, right? And Fair. there are things that we can do to, to change that. And so when we intentionally set the norms of the group, um, it helps people be aligned and prepared. It also helps people hold each other accountable, right? There's some social proof involved here. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to be the only one that opens my computer. And, you know, when we used to be in person and you could see this and they didn't have to have their computer open, but, you know, there, there tends to be a little bit of, of peer pressure around that when those are made overt. And so, um, especially if you have recurring meetings like the team meeting situation or working groups, those kinds of things, it's really worth the time to talk to that group and get them engaged in that conversation to decide how are we going to operate together, right? Are we super committed to starting and ending on time? Is that a commitment we all want to make? All right. Mm -hmm. then that's what we're going to start doing, right? Side conversations are a thing that we're not going to do because then you lose track of the conversations. Are we on board with that? Okay. 
So those are the kinds of things that, that you can get the group engaged in to, you know, be the way we do things moving forward. The, the one-off meetings, that's a little bit harder to invest in the collaborative approach to that, but you can still say things like, if you're running the meeting, right, we will start and stop on time. Uh, my request is that there not be distractions from technology. That's the, my, my sort of gentle way of saying quit multitasking <laughs> because sometimes people do take notes or are pulling up resources that are relevant to the conversation. So they do need technology, but no distraction from technology. Um, and, you know, full participation, be, be here in the meeting while we're together. So those are some of the things that you can set out um, overtly so that people know what are the rules of engagement in this setting. Right. Um, it only takes a few minutes to really set the stage on that, and it can make a huge difference in terms of how those meetings run. Um, along those same lines, we were talking about some of the, the Zoom mannerisms. These are some, some norms that you can establish right at the onset of the meeting. Everybody, please mute yourselves and cam up. Right. This is this is how we're going to start, whatever. Or you can let people know ahead of time you're going to need to download a particular plugin or whatever in order to be prepared for the session so that the first 10 minutes aren't people jacking around trying to figure figure that stuff out. And then you've run run short on time. So those are some of the things that you can also be explicit about in advance so that so that people are clear on how we're going to operate together. All right. Now, the last one is process, right? Grip. Uh, the last piece is process. And that's how we're going to achieve the goal. So if you've set out the goal to be, we're going to uh, review two proposals and make a decision on choosing one, then what's the process? How are we going to do this? And this usually can be defined by an agenda, right? You're going to set out Here's what we're going to do in this order to reach the goal. But there are other processes that might be more applicable, right? This might actually be a brainstorming session, or this might be a prioritization and ranking exercise where we're going to put things on a two-by-two axis for importance and urgency and take a list of ideas and, and put them on this chart, right? That's the process we're going to use. So again, letting people know ahead of time, this is what this will look like gets them in the right mindset, they know how to be prepared for doing that. Because if I come into a meeting and I don't know it's a brainstorming meeting, it might take me half the meeting just to get my head wrapped around what, you know, getting into that process. So that, that can be really helpful for everybody to understand. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share one, one example of the process, which is the more, more common is the agenda and go through some of the best practices on what we can do with this. But then I'd like to kind of pause there and get your input or your reflections about what you've, what you've heard so far with the grip and how you see that applying to your world in, in trying to increase the efficiency and, and effectiveness. So let's look at a sample here agenda. Um, some of the things to think about if you're creating the agenda is the process is when you take the time to, to build this ahead of time, right? That's part of it is the preparation. Then you will really be able to dial in the time that you need. We tend to default to the hour, right? Or the half hour, just because 
we use Outlook and it, that's how it's set up. And you just click that and it defaults to that period of time. You can change those. You can have a 45 minute meeting. You can have an hour and 15 minute meeting. So really take the time that you need and you don't have to default to just the, the, the typical hour. Um, if you decide that starting and ending on time is a norm that you want to establish, then you have to do it. You have to start the meeting regardless of who's in the room. And especially if you have recurring meetings, after somebody joins late a couple times, the social proof of, oh, we don't wait around. <laughs> this is a thing that, that starts on time. So it, it can kind of change people's behavior and move them towards, oh, this I know that when Laurel's running the meeting, we start on time. So I'm going to pay attention to that and, and be ready. Um, you can order the agenda items to release people who don't need to stay the whole time. So if you've got a subject matter expertise coming in to present a particular piece of information that they don't need to stay, then let them know, right? We're going we're gonna to pull you in for this 20-minute period of time, but you don't need to stay for the whole meeting. So then you're respecting their time and, and their efficiency to, to be somewhere else. So you can order the agenda or just schedule them for particular pieces of that. Um, it's not enough to just have an agenda. It's really better to assign times to each piece of the agenda. Because if you have the agenda, you may, may never pass bullet two, right? Because there's no expectation of how long are we taking to discuss this particular item before we move forward. And if people know ahead of time, here's the agenda, then as the facilitator, you can refer back to that, right? We've got about five more minutes on this piece um, you know, so that we can stay on track to achieve our goal. So you can put those specific times in there. Sometimes it's helpful to have somebody else be the timekeeper though, because that's a lot of hats to wear and a lot of balls to be tossing around to facilitate and, and be dialed into the dynamics of the room and watch the clock and take notes. So again, depending on the complexity of what you're dealing with, those are some of the roles you might want to assign to have, have those things covered. Um, I'm a big fan of using what I call a parking lot, where if there are conversations that veer off of the agenda or veer off of achieving the goals, one of the things you can do is, is say, hey, can, I'm going to press pause on this real quick and let's put that up on the parking lot so we can come back to it. Because this sounds like something really important to you. We don't want to lose sight of that. Um, so, so let's set that aside so that we can get back to what we need to do to achieve our goals. And that way, the person that maybe was headed down that rabbit hole still feels respected and heard and, and listened to without getting shut down. Yes, Eric? <laughs> so <clears throat> how do you do that if the person who's driving the train down the rabbit hole is this most senior person in the room? So that can be tricky, right? That's that's part of the the courage of of setting this up in advance. And but I think because this is set up in advance, it gives you the the concrete tool, it gives you the ability to say, "Hey, President Bob, this sounds really important and I'm glad that you brought this up and I'm wondering if if we can take that offline right after." To, to deal with that because we, you know, do need to get to these goals that we established. Still that was very, a little that was very deft in HR of you. <laughs> <laughs> Still can be a little bit tricky, but again, it's, it's a matter of um, 
when when the preparation and communication is there up front, mm-hmm. it's still going to happen because mm-hmm. people have their mannerisms and their their ways of doing things. But it gives you a platform to stand on to say, "Hey, let's corral you back into it because we need to achieve these goals." So it's funny we uh, we do this facilitate a strategy meeting for a client every year and we just had our prep meeting yesterday for the it'll be the third year in a row we've done it and and during that that meeting each leader has the opportunity to do some sort of quick presentation on on their uh department or area's focus and i told the ceo i said so this year we're doing it on zoom and i have the power of the mute button and i'm gonna start playing the oscar music as your time is is coming to a close, right. and if you go over, I'm going to set the expectation. This is a level playing field for everybody. Anybody goes over, you'll hear the music at time. You go silent, and I take your sharing privileges away. Right. And they were like, "Dang, that sucks," <laughs> but okay. But okay, right? So it's it became it. It hopefully it will become a norm. Yeah. 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 So, so something up that something else that comes up that, that people have shared is because um, the ultimate intention here is when you develop your grip, your your grip as preparation. That's what goes into the meeting invitation, right? It's all right there. Goals, roles, interpersonal norms, process. And so people get invited to a meeting. They see that in the invitation, and they're prepared for that coming into it. But people tell me, all right, most of our executives have admins that manage their calendar. And those executives never accept their own meeting invitations. And so they're never going to see that, right? So you have to to work the room you're in, right? You need to understand where those vulnerabilities might be. And you might need to ask that admin, could you print that out and, and give that to this person so that they see that it is? Or maybe shoot them a Slack message um, wanted to make sure you saw the, you know, the, the grip for this meeting so that, you know, let me know if you have any questions. So there's ways that you can maybe anticipate some of those behaviors to your point, Eric, right? You've got somebody that, you know, is the, is the talker. <laughs> and so maybe it's, it's, um, pulling them aside to just make sure they understand the scope of, of what's being covered and how important their participation is, as well as the other people that are there. Right. So you, you sometimes have to do a little bit of behind the scenes work if mm-hmm. you know these things about some people. Yeah. Um, again, this, this is all kind of in building your, your reputation as an efficient meeting manager. If you're going to run over, it can be a good approach to just ask the group for their preference. preference right. Do you all have 10 minutes? to stay over so that we can wrap this up and complete this piece? Or would we be better off rescheduling more time? Because, right, we're not going to get to it. A lot of times, if you're close, people will be willing if they don't have to drop immediately, which happens. But they'll say, no, let's just, let's get this wrapped up. And so then they kind of refocus and everybody gets more dedicated to no let's really finish this because we don't want to schedule another meeting what we're trying to avoid is less meetings but if you see that you're approaching the end of the time and you're maybe not going to get there you can ask the group hey which way do you want to go with this hey Lori, just to build on that it makes me think of is it's also just giving permission to 
to people to leave. Yeah. It's awkward, right? Like, as a presenter, I can say, you know what? I'm going to go about five or six minutes longer. Please leave if you need to. You don't have to stay. Right. It's that awkward, stressful feeling of like, I want to go and I want to respect you, but I really need to go. Or I have to go to the bathroom, you know? (laughs) Right. Right. I've been on meetings all morning. I have to pee. Yeah. (laughs) Beautiful segue to the final bullet. No! If you can end a meeting five minutes early to let people, right, do what they need to do, um, you'll be a hero, right? The gift of time is, is a huge thing. Uh, whether that's intentionally scheduling a 55-minute meeting and being very diligent about we're going to end at that time or ending early, right, and that, that happy surprise that they get for the break. You, you know, Lori, it's, it's funny. Um, I've wrestled with this one, to Ruby's point, as a presenter. Mm-hmm. Like some, I used to think that if we ended early that I was cheating them the audience, the client, out mm-hmm. of, you know, what they were paying for. Mm-hmm. I learned over the course of many years of doing this that that was all in here. <laughs> and if somebody gets to get out of a meeting, even if it's a meeting that they're totally into and that they love uh, five minutes early, they're pretty much okay with that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and so you already hear, right, in the different examples that people bringing up, people are bringing up, context really matters around which of these concepts do you apply, which are more important than others, within the culture that you're working in, which of these are going to fly and which might take a little bit longer to influence. And so this isn't like a hard and fast must do all kind of thing. And the nature of what the meeting is if I'm a facilitator delivering training, that's a different kind of engagement than I'm a team leader having a biweekly team meeting. Those are going to have different goals. They're going to have different norms. They're going to have different processes. And, but this framework accommodates the preparation piece. How do I think through each element of that and communicate that ahead of time so that we start on the same page, right? And, you know, thinking, I think you said, you know, people spend 20 minutes chit-chatting and catching up and downloading software and you're, you're 20 minutes in and you're like, are we <laughs> going to talk about anything that we came together to talk about, right? This minimizes that at least. And if you know that that's an important piece to this group, then plan for that. Plan for that. The first 10 minutes is catch up. How are you doing? How's the family? Right? Just be intentional about that. Cool. Yeah, put it Um, on the agenda, right? Yeah, totally. That's we, our executive team, we meet for three hours every Wednesday. (sighs) And And we fill up that that time. And and it's it we we have essentially all, all of these elements and a process that we use to define the agenda. It's very collaborative. We follow it. We put times to it, all of that. But what we realized is that there needed to be a standing 30 minute sync. It's just called the ET sync at the beginning of that meeting, because inevitably there's just stuff that's come up that, Hey, I need to let you know this. I need to let you know that. And so we just built it in. Because what was happening is we were doing it anyways, and then we were always 20 or 30 minutes behind the rest of the agenda. So now it's just a standard element. We always start with that. 
So let me just give you an example. So, so here are all the elements of the grip, and this is something that you could put out in a, in a meeting invitation, right? Goals, we're going to review the top two proposals, see attached, um, make a decision by consensus. Facilitator is going to monitor time and track the action items. Participants will read the proposals in advance and come with questions. Interpersonal norms, start and end on time, participate in the discussion, avoid technology distractions. And the process, this is really helpful if you actually plan the first five minutes of your meeting to review the grip. Remind, because if you sent this out a week and a half ago, right, get everybody in the room, in the space, on track, right? So let's go through this. Here are the goals. I'm doing this. You're doing that. We've read the proposals. Um, you know, we're going to, these are the ways that we're going to behave while we're here. We're going to spend 20 minutes here, 20 minutes here, reach a, reach a decision by consensus. So if you actually take the time to review that grip, you already kind of put the guardrails around mm -hmm. this is the next 60 minutes that we have together. And then that's the other way that you can help the high ranking official who takes it down a rabbit hole you know, a little bit easier to bring them back if just 15 minutes ago we talked about what we need to accomplish here. Right? Yeah. So it helps put the book in well, time. Yeah, and, and, and my disc C loves this, right? <laughs> I, I know what to expect. And if, if we start going over, uh, I'm going to feel it. And I may be more apt to speak up to say, hey, we're only going to spend 20 minutes on this. We've got two other things to get to. Do we want to table that? Do we want to put it in the parking lot? Do we want to, you know, hold it exactly. till next time? Yeah. Yep, it's, exactly. it's, it's sort of giving me just in the way I like to take in information. It gives me permission because I know what the rules That's are. It. That's it. Without them, it's your rules. And if, if you're a, just to keep the disc thing going, if you're an I, you're going to wing it and you're going to just kind of do whatever you want. And I'm going to be really uh, hesitant to say anything. Right. Right. I'll just start doing my email in the back of the room. Yeah. Well, and that's, and I think that's what happens. That's where we lose people. Maybe yeah. they, they start off being engaged and dedicated, but then they hear somebody going on and on about some off topic thing. And it's like, I got stuff to Check do. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then if, if they actually haven't dialed back in and they missed the part that's important and then they're like, well, wait, could you repeat that? Cause yeah. I missed all yeah. that. I love that when you, you ask the question. So, Lori, what do you think about that? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. <laughs> or, they, or, they, or they do this. Like, oh, I'm sorry, I was on mute. Can you, can you repeat that for me real quick? Exactly. Or they say, hey, what about this issue? And it's the one you just talked about. Right. <laughs> mm, yes, exactly. Very good, yes. So, so what do you all think? Where do you where do you see this having uh, an impact for you? I have done this not not the grip, but a similar. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it was one of Lencioni's. Um, mm. This makes having a process that you all buy into mm -hmm. is the difference between wasting three hours with a bunch of people who you wouldn't have a beer with. <laughs> and getting work done. <laughs> yes. yes. One thing I want to say while you're all thinking, um, I've actually had situations where I've thought through 
the goals of the situation. And first of all, it's changed who I invite. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Like I don't, I don't need that whole group. I actually need this group. There have actually been times where I've realized I don't need to have a meeting. This can all be done offline, right? This can all be accomplished through different means, or I'm just going to pick up the phone and talk to one person. And based on that, then I'll decide if I need to have a meeting with other people. So putting in that, right, that early slide of facilitation, that, that preparation and process, that's the secret sauce. And even in that preparation, you're really focused in on who's critical to be there and why, so that you can communicate that very clearly. Any, any other thoughts on where you can see this being helpful? Hey, Lori, this is Laura. I was just sharing um, in chat that I just, I really love the simplicity because it distills down a whole lot of great practices, you know, that I think a lot of us know, but Mm -hmm. there's so many, it's kind of hard to put into practice. And this just really makes it digestible. And I think about those of us that are client facing, working with so many different organizations, this is something I can see actually using more consistently because it is simple, right? Mm -hmm. Rather than having to start all over and explain some big, you know, complicated process, Mm -hmm. you know, to people you don't work with normally. Mm -hmm. Simple enough that I think people would buy into it really easy. And it's just, I like it a lot. I hadn't heard the acronym. Awesome. Good. I appreciate you sharing it. I like it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it allows for a more effective meeting because everybody knows what you're doing. Like you said at the right. beginning, it's sometimes you go into meetings and you're like, what are we even doing? And whether or not you achieve what you were thinking that you needed to do, or mm-hmm. you went off on a totally different topic and got sidetracked, I think this really mm-hmm. kind of defines that and stays organized. And so it's the best use of everybody's time. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny about that, Leah. I love that you said that because it made me think of, depending on how you're wired, right, you can be in a meeting that goes, you know, kind of sideways, but you talk about a lot of stuff and it's really important and you leave and you think, man, that was, that was really good. That was really good use of time because you don't remember that you went in there for a completely different purpose. <laughs> you con yourself into believing that that was cool. And you leave thinking, feeling pretty good about it. And other people in the meeting are like, what was that? Right. What, why, what was that about? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I want to touch on a couple, a couple more quick things. Um, and I'll, we'll send this, we'll post all of this information. So you'll be able to come back to it and, and look at it. But there's a couple of kind of next layers to this that you can think about and figure out if it applies to your particular situation. Um, One of them is is about um, specifically around recurring meeting agendas. And so this is an example of maybe a team meeting. This is how my team operates, where we decided that rather than just having the loosey-goosey round robin sort of team meeting where everybody does their status updates and, you know, it kind of doesn't, doesn't really have a lot of teeth to it. (laughs) And do we all need to be here for this every time? Um, What we decided to do was determine if we're going to get the group of us together, then the things we talk about need to fall into one of these four categories. These are, Mm -hmm. these are the goals that you can choose from 
in our team meeting. It's either to gather information that you need from the whole group. It's to make a decision that the whole group needs to weigh in on sharing information the whole group needs to know, or if we want to share, you know, I attended this seminar, this, you know, read this article and want to talk to you about it as like a development education piece. And so what we do then is we have a shared uh, spreadsheet that we all have access to. Um, the role of the facilitator rotates about every three months. So this is not a meeting that I facilitate every time because I'm the lead of the department. Um, we rotate it around. Anybody on the team can go in and fill out, I have a topic, I'm the presenter. Goals is a drop-down list where you pick one of these four, right? It, if it doesn't fit within those four, it shouldn't be part of this meeting. And then how much time do you need? And so that way, this dictates the length of our meeting. We have it on our calendar every week for an hour. But if there's one agenda item for 20 minutes, then we have a 20-minute meeting. Right? I kind of love this as like, like, a, like a Google Doc that people can get to at any time. That's, I really dig that. Yeah. And if nobody puts anything on there, we don't meet. We cancel the meeting. What? <laughs> Right? We don't sit there and go, what should we talk about for the next hour? We don't have a meeting, right? And if there's if there's an hour's worth on there and somebody has something they need to put on there, then we negotiate that, right? Well, I can move mine off or we can add 15 minutes to this meeting, but this this really holds us accountable to being very targeted and very specific about what we're talking about and, and what's the purpose and how long, right? You have tabs on the spreadsheet so you can see uh, week over week, what was covered, you can keep your action items in there. So people know if they're responsible for doing something. Um, so, so this is, uh, this is the way we operate. And the great thing about this over time is we've added new people to our team. This becomes a really super easy way to onboard people about how we communicate within our team right? We sit down with that new person and we walk through, this is the process that we use. These are the norms, right? We have kind of a master grip document and we can renegotiate that whenever we want, right? But that's a way to, to bring new people into the group to help them understand this is how we operate. These are the expectations. Do they have input, right? Are there things we want to change? But then they, they know exactly how this works and how to participate in it. So that's, that's been a, a really useful tool for, for us. Um, a couple of other quick things. I'm going to skip this. So consensus checking. If you make decisions by consensus, sometimes that can be a very like, are we in consensus? I can't really tell because people are mumbling their, their response to the question or they're giving, you know, especially on Zoom, are you nodding yes or no? I can't really tell what's going on. So there's a, there's a way that you can um, help people participate in, are we in consensus? And it's actually by using hand gestures. And you can do this in live meetings. You can do this on Zoom, right? But exactly, people don't even have to come off mute. So if you have right? 25 tiles on your screen and you're trying to catch everybody. This is a really efficient way to do that, right? So if I, if I give you a thumbs up, that means I agree. I'm in. Yes. Got it. I'm, I'm cool. If they give you a thumbs to the side, what that means is I can live with it. 
right? I'm okay with that. Maybe I'm not 100% over the moon with it, but I can support that decision, right? I'm in consensus. If you have everybody with thumbs up and thumbs to the side, you're in consensus. Now, if everybody is thumbs to the side, <laughs> you might want to press pause and look into that a little bit, right? Like, well, if we're not all very excited about this, let's dig into that further. But, but essentially, thumbs up, thumbs to the side, we're in consensus. If someone says hand up, right? What that means is I have a question or I don't agree or can we stop a second, right? That, then we're not in consensus and we need to, to pause and, and revisit where we are. But I've seen this take hold as a norm. I've seen groups adopt this where somebody will ask a question, right? I'm hearing everybody, you know, I think we've heard from everybody. Are we ready to make a decision? We're going to go with proposal A. What do you think? And the room does this, right? And then you know this is this is where you are. So it's it's a really easy tool to use. Hey Lori. Yeah. What if they do this? <laughs> uh, you if you're the host, you can just disconnect them. Bye. <laughs> that might be a different conversation sidebar. Yes. But, I think But we love Laurel. <laughs> okay. Well in this setting, I think it's fine. <laughs> I think you put that on the parking lot, perhaps. <laughs> see. We'll address your bird later. <laughs> um, sometimes you're in a situation where you can't see everybody, so you can ask for rubles, right? In that case, let's go kind of like a roll call. You can ask for that. Or worst case scenario, you can state overtly, if anyone cannot live with this, this decision, please speak up. Right. Please say something or put something in the chat or, or whatever. So uh, sometimes consensus building can be a little squishy and, and this can be a useful tool for really understanding where you are with it. And we're one minute over and I don't I don't want to keep you all. So I will just point out that there is one other slide in here that you all can look at and read on your own. This is about addressing resistance. If you're feeling like there are people who aren't engaged and who aren't on board, why is that happening? And how? what are some things that you can do to help redirect them back into being engaged in the meeting? I, I, I like this tool. I think so you should post all this in the network and, mm -hmm. and let's, let's talk about this. Cause I actually, when I was looking through it prior to the meeting, I had a couple of questions cause this, like Laura, this was another acronym with which I was not familiar, mm -hmm. um, which, which I really dig because it frameworks like this, they sort of depersonalize the conversation mm -hmm. around that, um, resistance, which is, is tough to deal with. Right. I mean, that's, I I've worked with a lot of, of, of executives who won't, address it. Mm -hmm. um, and this gives them at least a way to, you know, sort of depersonalize it. Um, so I, I think there, there's a conversation that we can have around this one, because I mm -hmm. think this is a really, really slick tool. And, and the great thing about this, all of these things, it's not just the facilitator who can engage in this, right? Anybody in the meeting can do all of these things, right? If there's a grip and you see somebody struggling, they're resisting, something's getting in their way. They're probably not trying to be an asshole, right? Something's getting in their way. So or how Laurel. do we... I mean, come on. <laughs> <Poor> Laurel. <laughs> <laughs> but, right, but, but how can we engage with them to say, hey, what's getting in your way? Are you not clear about the goals? Um, right, what's going on? And, and using the grip, you can typically get people back in track 
to say, okay, now, now I get it. Now I'm, I'm back engaged. So yeah, it can be really helpful. Awesome. Thank awesome. you. Thanks, Lori. <laughs> that was awesome. Any you guys have questions for Lori? Yeah, questions. I, I just liked that everyone did the hand thing for her then. You didn't ask for it, but you got a round of applause. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the hand symbols really can take, take off. Yeah, Jazz hands are always good. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because we, we've sort of defaulted to hand signals because each platform has its different set of buttons and, and emotional reactions that are available to participants. So people can hold their hand up in front of the camera, which to Pat's point ensures that you actually have your freaking camera on. Yes. Right on. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Lori. That was, that was awesome. I, again, post that stuff in, yeah. in the network. If, if anybody here, I think everybody here is on the network. If you're not just send, send one of us a note, we'll get you an invite out. Mm -hmm. um, the network is, is a pretty cool place. And, and what, that's where we'll, we'll put all the follow-up stuff from sessions like this, um, mm -hmm. as well as on the website for folks who, who drip feed in that way. Mm -hmm. um, but to get you out of here, because we are over time, I'll do my funny stuff. If you got to go, go. It was lovely to see you. Today's funny stuff. Me being prepared for 2020. <laughs> 2020. Yeah. Teenagers. In future, trying to learn all the things that happened in 2020 for their history <laughs> final. <laughs> Number three, George R.R. R. Martin, you know, Game of Thrones. 2020 was directed by me. Because <laughs> if you know anything about Game of Thrones, everybody dies. Just everyone. Skipping school in 2019. Skipping school in 2020. <laughs> Honestly, the year the clowns tried to kill us was better. <laughs> and my favorite, favorite funny thing for today, I know everything happens for a reason, but what the fuck? <laughs> there it is. Eric, I, found, I saw a good one for you and I should have shared it with you. It was, um, if 2020 were an alcoholic beverage, it would be, um, it would be vodka in an unmarked water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Nobody knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> and today's semi-quarantine cocktail is the spike because who doesn't love spike punch? It's, a little bit of your favorite infused vodka, 60,000 new Corona cases yesterday, two ounces of cranberry juice, ICUs at capacity, ginger ale, mask rebellion, a little bit of pineapple juice, and a return to phase one guidelines. So no reason to stop drinking. As always, guys, thank you so much. I need a picture of that go back. I'm convinced that we need to make a coffee table book out of the quarantine <laughs> yes. cocktail. Yes. So yes. I, I have, I have, I have, the, I have a page on the bartender website where I do the quarantine cocktails, but I only have the ones up there so far that were the real ones, like regular cocktails. Um, so I need to take an afternoon and get all the 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 ones that are a little bit silly up there because I kind of have fun with it. <laughs>
<laughs> what I think's funny is you have to take an entire afternoon. <laughs> I, I, well, it's because it's because we we've had like thirty episodes since I've done that, so there's like thirty of these things. I know, I know. I do like the coffee table book idea. I really do. Yep. You guys are awesome. What used to be Monday, Wednesday, and Friday is now just Wednesday. And I got to say, for as much time and prep as I had to put into the three days a week, I miss you guys. Once a week, is it's like almost not enough for me. I, I need my fix. So thank you for being here. Love you all. You guys are amazing. Thanks for come being back. here. Come thank back you. next week. We got surprises coming for you. I got it. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye, Laura's dog. Thank you, Lori. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. If you had a good time and learned a thing or two at today's happy hour, please share it with your friends. If you want to join our tribe, head on over to skyteam.cloud forward slash TCB or email us at info at skyteam.com. That's S-K-Y-E team.com. Thanks again. And remember, you've always got friends at the Corporate Bartender.